This extended interview is being published alongside a podcast on gender-affirming care for kids, which you can hear by visiting our website at hearmenowpodcast.org. You will also find there a directory of additional extended interviews on trans-related healthcare issues. Up next, Vinny and Henry Fox discuss their life together and Vinny's identification as a queer non-binary trans person. This conversation is being archived at the National Folklife Center at the Library of Congress as part of the Hear Me Now Oral History Project, the largest collection of healthcare narratives in the country. Uh, my name is Vinny. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, I am an educator and trainer for LGBTQI plus healthcare, and I'm here today with my husband. Um, my name's Henry. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I've been together with Vinny for what seven years? Seven, yeah, seven years. Seven years. Um, and I knew them both prior to their transition and uh, journeyed with them during their transitional period. Um, and we're here to tell our story. <laughs> so I guess starting again, a little more introduction. Uh, I am a queer, non-binary transgender person. Um, and I first realized that I wasn't cisgender, probably kindergarten. Uh, I can remember back that far, just having this feeling of, I don't want to be a girl. I don't want to be a boy. Why do I have to be either? Why can't I be both? Why can't I go back and forth? But I didn't have the language for that. I grew up in the deep South. I am originally from Georgia. Uh, and growing up, I didn't hear words like transgender or queer, unless it was as an insult, even things as simple as being gay. I didn't hear about that until probably my teen years because no one talked about it. So growing up, I had these feelings, but I had no words for them. And on top of that, because I grew up in a very conservative household, very Catholic household, gender roles were firm. Uh, if And I was assigned female at birth, so I was socialized as a girl. And if I deviated too far from that feminine, I was ostracized or punished. Uh because it just wasn't, it wasn't acceptable. Like you could be a tomboy, but there was a limit. And if you went over that, it was too much. I, I was ostracized sometimes when I would be, I wouldn't fit in enough. Uh, and it, it was hard because I didn't understand why I felt this way. I didn't know about transgender beyond, you know, TV trash TV like Maury where they'd have trans women come on and guess who's a man, guess who's a woman. Uh, or Law and Order SVU where every transgender person was just a sex worker. I never had like any positive real examples of transgender people until I got to college. Uh, when a friend of mine was dating uh, someone who was trans. And that's when I started becoming curious. And I thought it was just so I was trying to be supportive. I wanted to, you know, be there for my friend who then also started transitioning. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to be an ally. I love my best friend. Let's 
let's learn everything we can so we can help them. And then I kept learning and I would read stories. I would watch videos of transgender people and just without realizing it, I was relating to so much that was being said in all of these stories. Uh, and then I learned in my mid twenties about non-binary. And at first my, I couldn't get it. I just thought like, Oh, that's no, no, no. There's, that's just man and woman. I no, that's the end of it. But then I started reading more and looking at it more. And one day my brain just clicked and it went, Oh, that's what I've been feeling all of my life. I don't have to be one or the other. I can, I can be both. I can be neither. I can slide back and forth. And it was just a moment of clarity. And at one point it was just, oh my God, I finally get it. But it was also oh no, how do I tell people? And am I going to be accepted? Are people going to understand? Is my partner going to understand? Because at this point, uh, we had been dating for, I want to say, uh, I don't even know, less than two years? Yeah, it was about, yeah. I'd, I'd moved in about six months after we started dating <laughs> um and uh i do remember the first time you uh, attempted to come out i couldn't quite wrap my head around what you were trying to say i wasn't uh, very clear about it because i was still figuring it out too <laughs> so i think that was definitely a stumbling block um for us understanding one another about you know this transition that you're you're going through um but once you really got a better grasp of what you were feeling and how you saw yourself and then i just put the pieces together you know for our time together i was like oh okay that makes sense yeah that first time i wasn't fully aware. I just knew at the time that I wanted to lean a little more androgynous. It wasn't a full realization. It was, I want to try this. And I think at that time we were also having issues where we weren't fully on the same level of communication. We hadn't learned how to really communicate properly with each other. So I wasn't fully aware of what I wanted and you couldn't understand what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. And because of that, it did set me back. And as a result, when I eventually did come to the realization and I was ready to tell you, I told you over text message because I was scared of how you would react. I mean, under, understandably, you know. You, you, you were not happy I told you over text message. No. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I understand why you decided to do it over text message because it's one of those really difficult things of I'm changing my identity that you have taken time and effort to learn who I am as 
this person, but then the fundamentals of who I am in terms of identity is changing. And I think from a societal standpoint, you know, people very much rely on what your identity is as a way for them to understand who you are and for them to see how they fit within their worldview. Um, but, you know, for, for me, it's not about, okay, what is your identity and how does that fit into my worldview? It's, okay, you're finding your pathway. How can I help you along that pathway? You know, if you choose to fit within a particular identity, sure, okay, I'll 100% accept that. Um, but if you're also in a place where you're going somewhere, um, like a, a discovery of sorts, that's fine too. You know, because uh, I I try very much not to pigeonhole people into one category because no one 100% fits into any category. Yeah. And this, you know, journey of watching you, you know, go through your transition and coming out to friends, family, coworkers, and all that kind of stuff, you know, just kind of 100% confirmed that, yeah. No one's going to be 100% one thing. Um, you're going to constantly change and shift and try to find a place that you fit in the best that describes you. Um, and I'm perfectly okay with that. And that has been everything. Like, I couldn't have gone through everything without all your help because transitioning was hard. I was very fortunate that uh, where I worked was very open. Everyone was very accepting. Um, pronouns were very difficult for years, but pronouns were really the only the really big thing. Everyone was like, okay, yeah, Vinny is non-binary. Okay, cool. And some people didn't understand that. So I was happy to explain, but I never had any pushback. I never had anyone be anything but accepting and I was lucky for that and same with my friends I didn't lose any friends everyone was like okay and some of them were like well now things make a lot more sense or yeah I kind of figured that yeah it was it, <laughs> it, it was really it was really kind of funny seeing how many people were like yeah okay that that makes a lot of sense I think it was actually a couple of your tech text messages from like your siblings when you came out to them yeah. like okay no that that makes 100 percent sense yeah that you fit <laughs> that you don't really fit in either category you're kind of straddling the in-between oh yeah no and um lizzie my friend from high school when i told her her reaction was that's why you kept code switching between being more girly and being more guy all the time Never understood why you did that. Now it makes sense. Like, well, other people saw it when I couldn't. And I'm very fortunate that I've had all that support. And even your family has been so supportive. And my siblings have been supportive. Unfortunately, my parents, on the other hand, uh, have not. Uh, my parents are very, very devoutly Catholic. And do not 
I hate this verbiage, but it's the one they use. They do not agree with my lifestyle. Uh, they do not believe that being transgender is a thing. I'm eternally pissed off at them. Uh, and understandably so. Uh, they don't even think that non-binary is real. Like, it's 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 a struggle. And they still live in Georgia. And since I'm out here in Washington, I haven't seen them in several years. Uh, mostly due to the pandemic. But our relationship is forever damaged because they couldn't accept me. Um, part of my transition has been uh, having surgeries. Uh, back in 2019, I decided to have top surgery. Uh, this was something I'd wanted for like a decade. I finally was in a place where I could do it. I felt it was time. And so I told my mother. And this was also when I came out to her as non-binary. Um, I hadn't been ready to tell her. I'd already been out for two years, I think, at that point to everybody else. And I finally decided to tell her because I'm having a big surgery. Her reaction was first to gaslight me. That, uh, no, I wasn't non-binary. I was confused. And it's okay if you want to be a little masculine. That's fine. You're still a woman. You're still a woman. You're still a woman. You're still a wife. No, no, I'm I'm not. I'm non-binary. I'm a spouse. And I'm happier now. And that conversation ended with her telling me she did not want to hear about my surgery. She did not want to know when I was having it. She did not want to hear about it when I came out. So that was, I think, August, I want to say. And I had the surgery in October. Mm -hmm. And I did not speak to her again until two weeks after I had had surgery. Your dad had to come, come to us yeah. to ask you to call your mother. Yeah. My mother... <laughs> So Vinny's mother-in-law, my mother, called like the next day, the day after Vinny's surgery, you know, asking us, hey, how's Vinny doing? You know, do, do you guys need anything? You know, my mother offered to come up to take care of Vinny a little bit if I needed to run any errands. So your mom my was mom there cared. more. Yeah, my mom cared more. Than mine. Than, yeah, your mother. Yeah. I only spoke to my parents again because my dad called me two weeks post-surgery asking me to call my mom because she was worried. Which I I did. I kind of wish I hadn't because that should have been... That should have been on her to apologize for that. She's never apologized for that. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever really forgive her for that or my dad because he just kind of... Enabled her? Yeah, and he tuned out. My dad isn't very hands-on. He doesn't... We don't have much of a relationship even before this. So... Both of them just kind of... Cut me out. And that still hurts. But... Even with all of that happening, I can still remember... The first time I looked in a mirror after my surgery, I thought I was going to cry. I thought it was going to be this big thing and all these emotions. And 
it ended up just being looking in the mirror and my brain going, why are we excited? This is what it's supposed to look like. It was just instant. I wouldn't say relief, just normalization. It was like, this is normal. Because before this, there was rarely a day that I didn't cry in front of the mirror. Like, I dissociated from my body constantly. Because what I saw in the mirror wasn't real. It was was just um, a suit that I was wearing. And I, it didn't matter what happened to it because it wasn't real. It wasn't really me. So I didn't take care. I really did not take care of myself well for most of my life because, well, when you look in the mirror and the body looking back at you, you don't recognize it as your own. You don't care about it. So after my surgery, being able to look in the mirror and just be realizing this is me, this is what I'm supposed to look like. It was a 180. Like I, I started actually caring about my health and trying to take care of myself. And it, like, I mean, you you saw how bad it was before, and then how good it was. Well, after. I would definitely say the when people were asking, you know, how you were doing, and you took, you had me take the picture of you in the binder, like what through two, three days after the surgery. Yeah. Like you say, you didn't, you didn't necessarily felt excitement, but like a normalization that the, the giant freaking smile on your face <laughs> said, said otherwise and you know the to see you just incredibly happy that um that this was exactly what you wanted i mean it it was it was the idea that um you know, we were we were going to this major surgery and just trying to figure out, uh, you know, what would be the emotional response. Like, yes, you you wanted the surgery, and I was going to support you one hundred percent, but at the same time, I was very concerned. Um, you know, because this this was you for the longest time, and you were trying to become something that you had this idea in your head of um so it was amazing to see that giant smile on your face uh just looking in the mirror in the bathroom and uh you know i was so glad that you took that that step me too i'm every day i'm happy that i had that surgery because Ever since I've had my top surgery, it was October 2019, I have not had gender dysphoria. I have not had an episode of dysphoria since. And if I could have had these kind of things and known these kind of things when I was younger, I know that my life would have been a lot different. I wouldn't have struggled as much as I did. I would have taking better care of my health, I would have been happier. Would have been a lot less depressed. Well, just, just, yeah, just mentally, you would have been in a much better place, you know. Um, like, when we, when you, when you hear about kids who are out and proud nowadays, you know, like, 
yeah, they're they're still suffering through, you know, kids are still suffering through depression and stuff like that, but they don't, they aren't going to be, they aren't necessarily going to have to go through the same struggles that you did um, because there's an actual support network and there's the language for it and the vocab, you know, the, the whole vocab um, for them to describe themselves and figure out who they are. And there's more care available now. So, you know, when I first, you know, going through puberty, it was the early 2000s. There, there really wasn't much of anything, especially where I lived. But now, where I work now, we are trying to give more of this care to kids and giving them those resources. And I'm so happy that I can be a part of that and be an educator in LGBTQIA plus health, especially transgender health. Because I don't want to see children have to struggle like I did. Because it was having to live in that closet and constantly wearing a mask is exhausting. And it breaks you a lot. And now I look back and see where I am now. And I have never been happier. I have never loved myself as much as I do now. And transition was not easy. I mean, especially pronouns because I use they, them. Constantly having to correct people. And even now today, it's just kind of a side effect of being non-binary and using they, them. You're going to constantly get misgendered. And it's annoying. And sometimes it hurts. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. I I would never go back. I, I can never go back. I It's... I would rather have to constantly correct people than, than pretend to be someone I'm not again. Because it's not easy, but it's worth it. And even though everything you have to do—the surgeries, name changing—that was that was not fun. I still I changed my name before I had surgery, mm-hmm. and. Before we got married. Before we got married. Mm -hmm. So that was in 2018. Yeah. And I am still finding things that I have not updated my name on. Uh, It takes a long time to get all those things updated. Uh, I mean, I still get stuff with like my old last name. So I I took Vinny's last name um, when we got married. Um, And, you know, I still get mail and stuff with my old last name i can only imagine what kind of stuff you're finding yeah (laughs) that's still got your your dead name yeah i still get i still get mail like junk mail with my dead name on it Mm -hmm. which isn't great i've just kind of gotten used to it i'm like well if it has my dead name on it then it's it's nothing I want. It's too old to matter anymore. I honestly send that stuff straight to the shredder whenever I see it. It's like, nope, yeah. that goes oh, right away. <laughs> I, uh, uh, but I've been very, very fortunate in my transition that I know a lot of people haven't. Um, because I have the privilege of having a good job, of having good insurance. And some of it was just pure luck of being able I've had to change doctors before. I have had doctors who were not accepting. Um, lots of microaggressions. Not, never anything overt, but lots of microaggressions and disbelief uh, towards me being trans. 
And I got very lucky to be able to find a primary care physician who was knowledgeable of transgender care, very supportive of me transitioning. Then finding when I wanted surgery, it didn't take me that long to find a surgeon who not only uh, was knowledgeable of transgender top surgery, but also was very enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did an amazing job. Just and, even the, the couple times that I met her for, for the pre for the pre-surgery was like, okay, this is the kind of person that you would want to, you know, entrust your care to, yeah. to ensure that not only are you getting the proper care to achieve that transition, but also to um, make sure that you feel emotionally and mentally taken care of. Yeah. And also lucky that my insurance covered it. Well, most of it. Yeah. Uh, They covered most of it. And now I'm going to be having a second gender affirming surgery. And again, I got really lucky that I very quickly found a surgeon who, again, was not only willing to do the surgery, but is very enthusiastic about transgender care. And for this surgery, you need two letters from two different mental health professionals. Most almost every insurance requires this. It's it's insulting. It is very insulting that I have to prove mental stability in order to get the care that I need. But I was also fortunate enough that I had been discharged by a counselor I was seeing a couple months prior, and she was willing to write me a letter. And I'm seeing someone else uh, to manage uh, ADD medication, who had never written a letter for transgender care before, but was willing to do it if I helped him, you know, through the process, through the process of how to write the letter and like give him, I had to have a letter also for my top surgery. I only knew one of those. And I gave him that letter that I was originally issued and we were able to come up with one. So within two weeks, I had both my letters. Yeah. I have been far more fortunate and lucky than almost anyone I know because I not only work with these populations and see how hard it is to get care, but so many of my friends are gender diverse, transgender, and seeing them having to go through it and not having it as easy a time as I've had. My situation is not typical. I have been extremely lucky and privileged in being able to get the care that I need with little to no pushback and ease through getting through all of the barriers. But most people don't have that. Yeah, you you have far more knowledge than your average layperson because, you know, you work in the medical the medical field. So you're able to know ahead of time what the pitfalls are and exactly what requirements you need to fulfill. So that way you can, you know, get those filled ahead of time or sidestep them entirely. You know, the average person who, you know, is looking into having gender affirmation surgery and care doesn't necessarily know all the the laws and the rules and the regulations. So they're going to almost certainly hit those landmines and it's going to frustrate them. And it's just going to make it more difficult for them and just put a greater strain both 
physically and psychologically on them. That's why not only do I do the work that I do, but any of my friends who need help with these things, I jump immediately. Like I, I know the background, like I am willing to help all of them and I've been able to help some of them. Because unfortunately, getting care isn't easy. Even though we live in such a progressive place, it's still it's still hard. Because it doesn't matter how progressive the place is, no place is entirely safe for transgender people. I I have fear being in public sometimes because uh, the just one wrong person finding out I'm trans can put me in danger. I, it's just something that you have to live with when you're trans because the hatred is out there. I mean, you hear about attacks on transgender people coming up soon is um, the Day of Silence, uh, which this year it's April 22nd, which is a day for all LGBT where we talk, where we uh, are silent for Awareness of harassment and bullying of LGBTQI plus students in schools. We have that. We have the Transgender Day of Remembrance uh, in November to remember all the transgender people who have been murdered uh, in the past year. We have to have these days because they keep hap- these things keep happening. Mm-hmm. And it. this is why I, I do the work I do. And this is why I stand up for all of my friends and friends of friends, anyone who needs help. I'm willing to try to help them find providers, guide them to resources, or even just have someone to talk through it. Because I wish that I had had that growing up. Even through my transition, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to who were knowledgeable who'd been through that because most of my friends who were didn't live in Seattle. And it wasn't until after I started transitioning that I started making friends who were non-binary. So I had to start my transition pretty much. I I don't want to say alone because I mean, you were there and you helped me through all of it, but I didn't have a community. Right. And I had, it took me a while to find that community Mm -hmm. and you, Even. Ha- you had to actively like look for people who yeah. who were in the same mindset, and uh, you know myself not being part of that community. I yes, I'm I'm as a bisexual man, I'm part of the LGBTQ community, but I don't necessarily know that aspect of it as well. Yeah, because gender and sexual orientation are two different things. Like we both could relate on the on the sexuality part because I'm bisexual as well. Right. So that we were able to communicate on, but when it came to gender, that that was a whole new era. That was a whole other ball game entirely. Yeah. But but we did it. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. I think your your hairdresser still considers us like the the top example of a transgender couple transgender uh cisgender couple. yeah transgender cisgender couple like i i really wonder what it when it comes to stuff like that like uh, should i'm wondering if should i become a much more of a resource for like 
maybe cisgendered partners who are having a partner who is going through a transition and how they can help or how they can better understand that kind of thing. Because that's, that's one of the things I, I worry about is, am I doing enough well, when it comes to like us, am I doing enough to help you become who you are? You have been my biggest cheerleader. You have pushed me when I have been hesitant and uh, indecisive about doing things or being too scared to do things because of pushback. You've been the one to tell me, no, you, sh- you should do the thing. You should do the thing. You should be yourself. Nobody's been as supportive as you. Yeah, you don't always get it, but you've never been anything but like 100% behind me. Let's do this. So I think you'd be great at, at helping other cisgender people work through what it's like going through a partner's transition. Cause you did great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no complaints here. You, you've been nothing but, but my number one. Well, the, the, it's to me, the, the idea that, you know, the, again, it, it goes back to the whole, you know, no one's ever a hundred percent in one category or the other. Um, and when it comes to people, especially when it comes to people, uh, you know, people change over time constantly. So, you know, the, the people that you know may be, uh, you know, feel that they are one thing one day and something else another day. Um, but when it comes to, you know, the people who you have around you, they're still them, you know, the, 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 the identity may change based upon what they feel better fits them. But, you know, what, like when it comes to our relationship, you know, your, your personality hasn't changed, you know, yeah, you, you are much more active in activism for, you know, trans health. Um, but you were always still very active in that before, uh, but it's just even more now that you you know, are a member of that community. But in essence, your overall personality hasn't changed. You changed your appearance, yeah, okay. You you have crazy colored hair. <laughs> uh, you had top surgery, <laughs> and you're you're going to be having, um, you know, another trans affirming surgery soon. Um, but that doesn't change who you are overall, you know. This this just helps to better affirm your identity, make you feel more physically and mentally stable. And if my support helps you get to that get to that better place where you feel safe and comfortable, why wouldn't I support that? You know, as a person who loves you very much, you know. It supports you. Shouldn't shouldn't the expectation of anybody else who is coming out as transgender want to have that expectation that their partner is going to be able to support them? So that's why I married you. <laughs> <laughs> that that is always the hope, but unfortunately, it's not always the reality. We we're just very lucky that we have that kind of relationship. 
where we came in on the other side of that okay. Yeah. Other than okay, we're great. <laughs> Our marriage is best marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I couldn't have done any of this without you. It, it just not would not have been possible to, to do my full transition without your support. And you're the reason I'm here today. I'm the reason you're still here in Seattle. <laughs> that That's true as well. Yes. Yes. You are the reason why I decided to quit my nomadic ways of moving every year to a different city and settle down here in Seattle. And that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made because this is, this is the safest place that I've ever been for someone like me. And I think being here is also what helped me feel safe enough to come out and yeah, I made the right choice. I mean, you, you you came here, you know, to find some place new and interesting, and then you found a place where you could have a community. Um, but also because of the fact that you don't like it when people stare at you when you're out and about in other places, you know, unless you want them <laughs> to stare at you. Uh, you. I would like to blend into the crowd and. Seattle's one of the few places where I can have blue hair and dress androgynously and nobody mm. looks. And also being an interracial couple. As, as a, yeah, as well as being an interracial couple here. That's. I mean, that's, that's like a dime a dozen. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, where I grew up, no, there were, there were almost none. Yeah. The, the, the stares we were getting when we visit your folks the first time was like, uh. Yeah. Like, so why? Is, is, is there something in my back? It's too? nice living in a place where we're normal. We're. Mm just another face in the crowd and that mm. is really really nice mm -hmm. well thank you for doing this and having this talk with me i'm glad we were able to do this always <laughs>